Hello everybody, John Fenn here, Church Without Walls International, supernaturalhousechurch.org, C-W-O-W-I.org, C-W-O-W-I.org. The supernatural that you'll see refers to the discipleship process, which is supernatural. The act of implementing the teachings of the Lord Jesus uh, into our lives, that's a supernatural process that's lifelong. We're not accountable to perfection, we're accountable to the process of growth. That's what we're accountable to. All right, today talking about what what is going on in end times preaching of the gospel. What do a bunch of old Greek sheep have to do with end times preaching and everything else? So let's get started. Um, you know, Jesus said that one of the signs that few people are really looking for, but he said it's the one of the signs in Matthew 24, 14 of the end of the age is this. He said, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all nations as a witness or with a witness, and then the end shall come. It's amazing to me how many Christians get caught up in what color the moon is and what events happen on such and such a day and everything else. And they're looking everywhere else. Of, are these signs of the Lord's coming, you know, because this feast and that event and everything all lined up together. But if you really look at Matthew 24, 14, when he's talking about there's plagues and pestilences and earthquakes and wars and famines and all sorts of stuff, but he's, he concludes it all in Matthew 24, 14 by saying, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all nations as a witness, uh, and then the end will come. Well, to date, there is, by several sources, there's not a single nation that has not yet heard the gospel, but Jesus wasn't saying that every single nation or every single group has to hear. He was just saying it'll be preached in all the world. Now, it's interesting that the, the word he uses for nations there is the word ethnos, uh, the root word ethnos, E-T-H-N-O-S, where we get the word ethnic. And so he says that this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to all the ethnic groups uh, with a witness, and that word witness is martyr. M-A-R-T-Y-R. -R. It has to, to, to do with being witness or bearing witness or giving eyewitness testimony to a truth. So he's saying that this gospel of the kingdom will be going out to all the ethnic groups with a witness, that is with eyewitnesses, and then the end will come. So that is the number one key to look at is how is the gospel proceeding around the world? And of course, as you know, if you've done any research at all, Christianity is expanding uh, rapidly all over the world. But I want to go back to, to tie this in with something Paul said earlier in Acts chapter 17, when he's on Mars Hill in verses 24 through 31. And he tells them, upon walking through the city and seeing all the statues and all the shrines to the gods and goddesses of, of Athens, and he comes upon one that says, to the unknown God. And he starts preaching to them from the unknown God, explaining who the unknown God is. And he's, he's telling them in verse 24, he says, God, who made everything, uh, does not live in a temple made with hands, which is, you know, a lot of pastors need to get that idea. There's no such thing as the house of God. Uh, the house of God is you and I, Christ in us, the hope of glory. God does, Paul said, God does not live in a building made with hands. And he goes on to say that out of one blood, God created all nations to dwell on the face of the earth in the hopes that, that they will seek after him and find him. And the, the word Paul uses there is the word ethnos. God out of one blood created all ethnos, all the ethnic groups. But the, the reason he made all the different races, all the different tribes and clans, the reason he allowed all that, he says, was in the hopes that they would feel after him and find him. 
And that is the point of the differences in life today, folks, is the, the differences are not to divide us, the differences are to unite us, that we can have a composite picture of the personality of God and a picture of his character by looking at all the different ethnos that are out there across the world as they have found the Lord within their ethnic group. Now, it's interesting uh, that he, he talks about this as the unknown God because the word unknown in the Greek there is agnos, agnosto, A-G-N-O-S-T-O, agnosto, where we get agnostic. It means, to, you know, today it means, okay, there may be a God, maybe not. I'm not, I'm not sure on that. My jury is still deliberating on whether God is, is real or not. That's an agnostic. Uh, in, in Paul's time, in the use of it, it was agnosto, the God that was unknown, and they built a shrine to it. The, the history behind it is this. In about 600 BC, Athens suffered a, a terrible plague and the Athenians offered sacrifices and, and, and everything and prayers and everything to the various gods and goddesses around Athens to no avail. The plague continued. So they said there has to be some god, you know, we're missing it somehow. There must be a god that's in charge who will stop this plague. Well, a man named Epimenides, who was a priest of Zeus from uh, Crete, decided he would help the Athenians. And he brought with him a bunch of sheep. And he said, okay, we need a supernatural sign to this unknown God that you guys are missing thus far. And he brought the sheep. And the story goes, as it was written down, was that the sheep that did not do the natural thing of grazing, the sheep that came in and just sat down in the grass without eating anything, he, Epimenides said that must be a sacred spot to the unknown God, to the agnosto God. And so he said, what we'll do is where that sheep just sits down, uh, make, a, make a, a sacrifice to that God at that point. And so that's what happened all over the city where the sheep just sat down in the grass without, without eating. They made the sacrifice to the unknown God and the plague was stopped. And so Paul arrives 600 years later and he says, let me tell you the name of that unknown God, the one who stops plagues so that you can no longer be agnostos, agnostics. And that comes around full circle to what I started out to say is where we are today. You know what? The world is full of agnosto, of people who are worshiping what they don't know, who don't know the things of the Lord. Uh, to them, God is unknown and they're looking for someone to stop the plague. And folks, the way to do it is what Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, where the gospel will be heralded. That's the word he used, preached or heralded, announced to all the different ethnos groups across the world before the end comes. Our focus should be on just sharing uh, within our groups, uh, within the ethnic groups, uh, the gospel. And so that people who are agnosto, as the Athenians were in Paul's day, will be no longer. And the way the Lord did that then was that he healed the city of the plague. And what I'm saying is that one of the biggest signs for, for Christians that we have is we have the ability to lay hands on the sick that they recover. We have the ability to cast out demons because we have the authority to use the name of Jesus because Christ lives in us. Christ is in us, the hope of glory. And so my point today is reach out to where you are within the spheres of influence that you have, uh, the people there, and do not shy away from sharing uh, the Lord by laying hands on people. If you see somebody in a store and they and they may be a complete stranger, but they talk about their aches and pains, you just say, can I lay hands on you? Can I pray for you? And and do so right there. It doesn't have to be long and, and drawn out, just a very quick whatever, and pray for them if they accept that. Um, 
And my point is this, there are people wandering around to thinking, you know, God is unknown. He doesn't have to be to them because we know him. Paul went on to say this, God doesn't live in a temple made in a building made with hands. He, he lives in each one of us. And he says this, he said, and he's commanded a day in which he's going to judge the world. And so he wants everyone to repent because he's going to judge the world by the Lord Jesus Christ. So in, in, our, in, in, in our daily lives, look for that. Look for that element of, of what can God do today? And let the differences that are there be uh, serve as a means of looking at the composite personality of the Lord. As you look at the different ethnic groups that are out there in the world and the, how they have found God each within their culture, appreciate that culture, appreciate that ethnos, and, and look at that element of God's personality that is unique to their ethnos, to their ethnic group, and let that be an act of love. What Paul said in Galatians 2.9, when Peter, James, and John perceived the grace in Paul and Barnabas, they gave in the hands of fellowship, perceiving the grace in one another through the differences. Paul and Barnabas were called to the non-Gentile or to the non-Jews. Peter, James, and John called to the Jews. They didn't understand each other exactly 100%, but they extended the hand of fellowship because they saw the difference in the ethnic groups and they appreciated what each one was doing and walked in fellowship as a result of that, they chose the high road. They, same thing in marriage, same thing in friendships. Opposites attract, and those differences are not there to divide us, but to unite us in looking at a different aspect of God's personality that that person or that ethnic group has that we don't. And so let there be love, let there be that understanding, and that's what a bunch of Greek sheep and the unknown God have to do with today and the end-time gospel. This gospel will be preached to all the ethnic groups, and then the end will come. That's our measure. That's our gauge of what God's doing. All right, I hit on a little bit of everything this morning. I hope it's been a blessing to you. I hope you can grab something out of that. Eat the hay, spit out the sticks. What applies to you and what blesses you, I, I pray that it'll better your day. All right, talk to you later. Bye-bye.